I worked for some of the biggest and best companies in the world, and I didn't always have a very helpful career journey. I mean, I had great managers and they wanted to help, but the reality is no one will ever care about your career as much as you do, no matter how great your manager is. And when I realized that and I started taking control, everything changed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. I'm Matt Dodgson, co-founder of Market Recruitment, and we connect B2B tech and SaaS businesses with marketers to help them grow. This week, we're joined by Mia Grossman. Mia is a former VP of marketing and has worked in senior leadership roles for Microsoft, Canvas, as well as some smaller Silicon Valley high-growth startups. So she's someone who has had a very successful career in marketing. One of the reasons I was keen to get her on the podcast is that during the last year, she's become a career coach. So we're going to dig into the steps that you can take to help achieve your career goals. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Market Mentors Podcast, Maya. Thank you for having me, Matt. Absolute pleasure. So before we get stuck into this one, I'd love to know what your relationship is with B2B marketing and more recently helping people with their careers. Well, I have spent the last 15 years as a marketer. I was able to grow from an individual contributor to a VP level executive. I worked for some of the best companies in the world like Microsoft and Google, but I also worked for really small startups. And I had the opportunity to do both B2B and B2C marketing, which by the way is pretty much the same right now. It's how do you actually sell to customers, real people? And doing that for 15 years, I had an opportunity to grow my own career and realize that your job can actually be meaningful and fulfilling and fun. And throughout the years, I helped other people do that. And at some point I realized, you know what? I can actually make a bigger impact if I help other people grow their careers and realize that they can build a career in life that they love. So about a year ago, I left my full-time role as a VP and became a career coach. And that's what I do today. Awesome. There can't be many people like you, Maya. So it's going to be a fantastic episode, this. As you mentioned, and you've had a successful career in marketing. You've helped people over this last year and hundreds of people sort of grow their careers. What do you think it takes to achieve success in marketing? marketing or your career in general then? I think the first thing that you need to be successful is not what most people assume. So when I talk to people, they say, oh, you probably need to be really talented. You need this certificate or an MBA. You need to have this, you know, massive network. And don't get me wrong, all of these can actually help. But what you really need to be successful is to take control of your career, to stop letting other people make decisions for you. Because here's what usually happens. We are taught that if we work hard and we keep our head down and we wait for our turn, something good is gonna happen. But unfortunately, it's not how it works because that actually means you're outsourcing your success. You're letting someone else, an employer, a manager, make decisions about your own future, which is kind of ridiculous. I like to think about it when I want to go out and grab a bite. You know, I'm not going to rely on someone else to choose food for me. I'm going to choose my own meals. Why can't we do it with our careers? So step number one, understand that you're in control. You're the CEO of your career and you need to actually manage it and create the life that you want to see. Now, how do you actually do that? There are three steps. So I call this the success formula and there are three things that you need. You need to have a clear strategy because if you don't know where you're going, how are you actually going to get there? So you need to have a very clear destination and you need a step-by-step -step plan that you can follow. 
However, strategy is not enough. I can give you the best strategy in the world, but if you don't have, this is number two, an empowering mindset, you'll probably let your fears stop you. You'll never take action because you won't have the confidence to actually go a little bit outside of your comfort zone. So we said you need a clear strategy, you need an empowering mindset, and number three is an operating system. And here's why, because we have the tendency to quit very quickly because we get bored, because we procrastinate, because things get a little bit difficult. But your career is not a one-off. You actually have to invest in it all the time to actually grow. So if you have an operating system, that means you have the tools and you have the processes to almost automate working on your career. So you don't have to think about it. It becomes a habit and it's really easy to do. And if you have all three, you're going to have an invincible system. Hey, if I was looking for a job now, I'm feeling pumped up, that's for sure. So this sounds great. <laughs> this sounds absolutely great. So, I mean, we live in busy lives, don't we? We live in the sort of day-to-day -day a lot of the time. Why do you think then so many people who have great skills and are willing to work hard just stay stuck in their careers then? Two things. The mindset. So not really understanding that they are in control. They can actually make changes and drive their career forward. When I tell people, when we talk about promotions, when I tell them, you don't need to rely on anyone else for a promotion. You can create your own promotion. They think I'm crazy, but it is possible. I have done it over and over again. My clients have done it. It's a matter of believing that you're capable and then taking action to achieve your goals. So that's number one. And number two, most people don't really know where they want to go. Mm. When I ask people, what is your dream, right? If money was no object, what would you do? Very often I get a really fuzzy answer of like, well, you know, I'll do marketing. There are 27,000 disciplines within <laughs> marketing. Which one do you actually want? So mm. not having clarity about what they want and then not really having the understanding, not taking control of their career because they don't realize they can actually do it. Mm. And do you generally think that's a problem with companies as well? I mean, companies don't necessarily look at you as an individual and think about your career in the long term as well, hence you having to take control. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I wrote a post about this recently. I worked for some of the biggest and best companies in the world, and I didn't always have a very helpful career journey. I mean, I had great managers and they wanted to help, but the reality is no one will ever care about your career as much as you do, no matter how great your manager is. And when I realized that and I started taking control, everything changed because I set my own path and my own journey. And I got my managers to help me, right? When you mm. work on a promotion, when you want to grow, it's mm. incredible to have your manager on your side because they can really help you create opportunities. They can give you feedback, but it's not their responsibility to make sure that you grow. It's your responsibility. So I wish more companies spent more time on mm. real growth path. But if that's not the case, not a problem. Take control, do it yourself. Mm. It's possible. And I can teach you how to do that. Perfect. So for anyone listening now, and I can imagine there's a few who wants to skyrocket their careers then, what is the first thing they can do? So it's actually what we just talked about. You need to have a clear career destination. It can't be random. It can't be too broad and vague because the more specific you are, the easier it's going to be to figure out how to actually get there. So when I think about a career destination, you need to know what is the discipline that you want to work at, the level of seniority and the specific role that you want to get into. If possible, what type of company you want to work for? 
Do you want to work for a small startup? Do you want to work for a big corporation? That will make a difference. Different roles show up in different ways, whether you work for a B2B company or a B2C company. So try and figure out what type of company you want to work for. And lastly, what industry? Mm. Because a lot of the time, if you are looking for a specific role, there'll be nuances based on the industry. And if you have an idea of where you want to go, you can actually create an advantage by learning about that industry. So mm. what is the type of role, level of seniority, industry, and where you want to work for? For example, for many, many years, my goal was to be a CMO of a Silicon Valley startup, preferably in the B2B product area. But that is very specific. So when I mm. had to figure out how to get there, and we're going to talk about how to do it in a minute, I had better tools and I could ask better questions. Makes sense. And do you think we should be more overambitious or more realistic when we're sort of setting these goals? Because some people sort of fairly early on in their careers might not know exactly what kind of level they really want to get to or can get to. Yeah, well, you don't have to look like 10 years into the future. Mm. You can just think about the next step that you want to take. Okay. Maybe you're just getting started and you want to become a manager one day. So you don't really have to look that far if you don't know what you want. I think, however, a lot of people just don't want to make a decision. Mm. They're multi-passionate, which is great. And they have different options that they want to consider, which again is great. But at some point, you'll have to make a decision because you mm. can't be everything to everyone. And if you really want to guarantee your ability to get to the next level, you need to position yourself as the best candidate. And the only way to do that is to be specific. Mm -hmm. So we have this clear goal. We can articulate that clearly. How do we then start getting closer to that goal job? This is something that I have been sharing for a really long time. This is probably the easiest way to do this. It is absolutely free. And yet 97% of people never follow this advice. Here it is. If you want to figure out how to get to the next level, how to achieve your goals, go talk to people who have the job that you want to have. I like it. That's it. Go to LinkedIn, find 10 people who have the same title that you're aspiring to go to, preferably the same industry, and just have a conversation with them. Reach out and say, I want to learn from your experience. And here's what's going to happen. First and foremost, you're going to learn what the day-to-day -day looks like because you want to make sure you actually want to have that job. <laughs> in, in my career, I've had a time when I was excited by all the hype about a specific role, never really looked into it, got the job, and a couple of months in realized I hate it. It's just mm. not what I want to do. So mm. you want to avoid that. Start by learning what the day-to-day -day looks like. If that's something that you like, awesome. Ask them, how did you get here? What really helped you make the jump from where you were before to where you are now? What are the skills that I should invest in? What are the experiences that I should acquire? Really understand the nuances of what it takes. Because you can go and look at job descriptions, but one, job descriptions are wish lists. Very often, you do not need everything that is mentioned on a job description. And you don't want to waste your time. So talking to someone who literally went through the process of achieving your goal will mean that they will let you know exactly what to focus on, what's important, what's not important. And beyond that, you're going to learn the unknown unknowns, the things that you can't Google, the little secrets of the industry or the profession that only people who went through the process would actually know and will be able to share with you. And as a bonus, you're going to build a network. You're going to build a network of potential colleagues within the industry that you want to work at. 
And these people might actually circle back in a month or two and say, oh, by the way, I'm leaving my job or I'm leveling up. Are you interested? And I've had that happen to so many of my clients just because they started building that network. So how do you figure it out? You talk to people who have what you want to have. You write down all the insights, all the skills and the qualifications that are required. And then you do the work to close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. That's a great suggestion because, you know, I hear it quite often on the other side when people are aspiring to be CMOs, VPs, they become CMOs and VPs and they realize they spend a lot of their time in meetings and it takes them away from doing marketing to managing people and processing systems and all this sort of stuff. And the job becomes very, very different. And a lot of the time they don't quite appreciate that. But following that process, it would give them a really good insight into what it's actually like, the good, the bad, the ugly. Exactly. So that makes total sense. Often we hear about from our side, people needing X amount of experience. You know, I need five, six, seven, eight years experience, or you need this set of skills, ABM, digital marketing, pay-per-click, SEO, whatever it might be. In your opinion, then, as someone who's had a very successful career in marketing, how important are those things then versus having the right mindset? Well, it will definitely depend on the role, but I would say you need both. And the question is, what do you need more of? Hmm. Very early in your career, I think mindset is probably more important. The ability and the willingness to learn, the excitement, the passion. I've hired so many times for potential with people who are early in their career because it's unrealistic to demand three or five years of experience from someone who just graduated. It's impossible. So you really need to look for that growth mindset, people who want to learn and are willing to put in the time and the effort. The higher up you go, you need experts, especially if, you know, as a VP, I hire department heads, I needed directors. Those people need to have the skills. They need to really have experience in their own specific discipline. However, they still need the mindset. I will hire someone with a little less experience and a better attitude over someone who is excuse my language, an asshole, but is really good at their job because you need mm. to have the right culture. Someone with the wrong attitude will actually impact everyone in your team. And that's going to be a massive challenge. So I do think that you need both. And in different levels, you'll need a little bit more of one or the other. Yeah. And what about sort of confidence and resilience? Because that sort of mindset comes with that, doesn't it? Sort of building the confidence and the resilience to actually work through this kind of stuff. Any tips there? Yeah, confidence is a tricky one because I think most people assume that you build confidence and then you're able to do things. But in reality, it's the other way around. The more you try things, the more you stretch yourself, the more you build confidence. It's actually a loop, right? Mm. So if you take action, you learn something, you either fail or succeed, it doesn't matter, but you learn. When you learn something, you have a little bit more confidence because there's less ambiguity, you know a little bit more about what you can expect. So you have a little bit more confidence to take action and you start the loop all over again. But it's kind of a catch-22. Where do you start? Because if I don't have confidence right now, <laughs> how would I take action? And the way that I teach people how to do it, you're going to need to do three things. So step number one, start really, really, really small. You don't need to tackle really big, ambitious goals. I'll give you an example. One of my goals a couple of years back was to spend more time doing public speaking. And I was terrified. You know, standing on a stage in front of people, it was outside of my comfort zone. And every time I thought about it, it felt so big and so terrifying that I couldn't take action. 
So at some point, I decided I'm going to break this really big, ambitious goal into tiny, tiny action items. And this is what it looked like. Well, step number one, I need to figure out what I want to talk about. Well, that's kind of easy, right? I just open up a Google Doc. I write a couple of ideas. Not a terrifying task. So I actually did that. I took action. I learned something. I learned that I have a good idea about what I want to talk about. It gave me a little bit of confidence. Step number two, look for different events in my area where I could actually apply to be a speaker. Again, not super terrifying. I don't actually need to talk to anyone. It's just a Google search. So I did that. But when you break big tasks into really tiny action items, you start taking action more consistently. And that's how you start the loop and actually allow yourself to build confidence slowly. Mm. Now, that's one thing that you can do. The second thing you can do to build confidence is to practice in a safe space. What do I mean by that? For example, if I wanted to do public speaking, going and standing on a stage in front of 200 people would be terrifying. Standing in front of my family and practicing my speech, not a problem. In the same way, if you're not ready to stand in front of the board or the executive team to present something, just do it with your team. Just find an opportunity to teach someone else in a low-risk environment, and that will give you a little bit of confidence to then go and try and do that in a high-risk environment. So we talked about taking small steps. We talked about practicing in a safe space. And the last thing you need to do is to fight your own fears. Let me explain how you can do that. Very often, the thing that is stopping us from doing anything that we want is our own thoughts. And the only way to get past that fear is to realize that our thoughts are not facts. Our thoughts are a result of our brain trying to protect us from danger. So when we're trying to do something new, when we're trying to get outside of our comfort zone, our brain thinks, oh my God, this is going to be terrible. There's potential for hurt and pain. I'm going to have to stop you. And how does our brain stop us? It tells us stories that are usually not true mm. because our brain knows that if we're scared, we'll never take action. Mm. And that's actually what happens when you feel like an imposter. Mm. Have you ever read a book called The Chimp Paradox? No, I haven't. Check it out. Okay. It's by a guy called Dr. I think it's Stephen Peters, I think it is. He's a high-performance coach, so he does a lot of work with high-end sports people. He's done loads of work with the British cycling team here in the UK, but he works across lots of different areas. But that's what he talks about, the chimp paradox. It's everybody has that chimp, and you need to put your chimp in your box. And your chimp is going to try and disrupt everything that you want to do. It's going to give you the negative messages. You shouldn't be doing that. It's going to fail. It's going to get all this sort of stuff. And everybody has that chimp. And he just talks about why it happens, what it is, and then the coping mechanisms that you can use to, as I say, sort of put that chimp away in its box. I love that. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. So you touched about it there, then the fear factor. Let's talk about the fear factor. Invariably, you know, at some point in our careers, we are going to be out of our depth. You know, if I think about situations, it could be when you're promoted into a leadership role, or maybe when you're promoted into a CMO role for the first time. It could be when you're getting your first marketing job, your first proper marketing job. 
it's termed imposter syndrome. But what can people do to sort of quieten or eliminate that fear or put the chimp back in the box, as I mentioned? Well, first and foremost, I think people don't realize how common it is to feel like an imposter. Mm. The numbers actually indicate that about 70% of people feel like an imposter at some point in their careers. So it's practically everyone. And I know I have felt it throughout my career. At the beginning, I felt it my first day as a VP. I don't think seniority has any impact on it. What I do want to mention is that if you feel like an imposter, you're in good company because it's more common to feel this way when you're an overachiever, when you're someone who really cares about the work that they do, because essentially imposter syndrome is an indication of growth. It's what happens before you move from who you are right now to the person that you need to become to do a great job that next level. So it's actually a good thing. However, no matter how much I will tell you it's a great thing, <laughs> when you feel the fear, you're not going to believe it. And you're not going to remember, oh, it's a good thing, I should embrace it. Because the fear is real. Sometimes I used to feel it in my body, like it would be hard to breathe, my hands would shake. It feels real. Hmm. So what I usually tell people to do is to go through this process that I call rewriting your story. And it relies on the fact that, once again, your thoughts are not facts. And what you're going to do is prove to yourself that you have absolutely no merit to what you're thinking, that it makes absolutely no sense. And there are three steps. Step number one, write down what you're feeling. If you're thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm not ready, they're going to make fun of me, just write it down. Sometimes just the act of writing it down, so taking it from your head and kind of putting it externally really reduces the amount of fear because it feels a little less intimidating. Step number two, you're going to play detective and you're going to question your own thoughts. You're going to look at what you wrote down and you're going to try and find proof that it's either real or not real. Let me give you an example. If you're thinking, I'm not good enough, you can ask yourself, how do I know that? Did someone actually tell you that you're not good enough? Did you already try to apply and you were rejected? And very often the answer is no. And even when the answer is yes, maybe someone told you you're not good enough or you're not ready, who is this person? Are they actually capable of judging whether or not you're ready? And if you're not ready now, can you actually be ready later? Is there anything that you can do to get there or is this a done deal? And when you start this process of questioning your thoughts very quickly, you'll realize most of it is BS. Hmm. It's just a story you're telling yourself and you can tell yourself a much better story. And the way you can do that, it's a really simple trick, but it makes a huge difference. You just add the word yet to everything that you're thinking. I am not good enough yet. Mm. I am not ready yet. And here's why. Because I'm not ready is determined that there's absolutely no chance. There's no reason to take action. It's impossible. I'm not ready yet means that there's a gap, means that there's hope, and it means that you just need to take action to get there. So just by using that word and changing the language in your head, you can go from inaction, impossible, to being really hopeful and actually taking action. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Now, at the start, you mentioned this whole process isn't worthwhile unless you have something that sort of works consistently then. And as you talk about the sort of career strategy, isn't a sort of do it once and forget about it exercise. What do sort of people need to be doing then consistently to stay on track? 
Well, I like to use this metaphor that your career is like going to the gym. You can't go once and expect a six pack. It's just not going to happen. This is something you need to work on to build that muscle and to stay fit. So you kind of need to become a career athlete. And what I teach people how to do is to build a career growth routine. That means that you're going to spend time every single week learning, trying new things, thinking about your goals, acting on your goals. And there's a really organized process around it. Actually, if people want to go to my website, mayagrossman.com, there's a free workshop. I cover all of this and explain how to do it in detail. But essentially, you build a habit so that every week you spend time working on your career goals. And here's why. If you can become 1% better every single day, you will end up a year 37 times better than where you started. Just to be a little bit more clear about how incredibly insane that is, most people don't grow 37 times their entire life. <laughs> you can do it in a year. That is a huge advantage, and it doesn't require that much. You don't have to spend 10, 20 hours a week. You can do that with 40 minutes every day or even less. So investing in your career needs to become a habit. And this is why when we started, I talked about an operating system. How can you make it easy? How can you make it almost inevitable to work on your career? Hmm. And I liked a post that you put up today on LinkedIn, which was around, I think, one of the jobs that you first took. You actually invited your boss for a conversation, <laughs> I think, after a period of time. And, you know, you had certain questions for your boss about what you should be doing, what you should continue doing, what you should do less of. So, you know, you are living and breathing there. You're taking charge of your career and you're actually inviting your boss in to give you a review, which is interesting. Feedback is essential for growth. If you're told all the time, ah, oh, you're good, you're fine, don't worry, how would you know what to work on? Mm. I mean, even if you're really good at what you do, there's always room for improvement and growth. So if you're not getting the right feedback, which was the case for me, I just ask better questions mm. and I got better feedback and that actually allowed me to grow. Definitely worth following Maya on LinkedIn for sure. So <laughs> shifting the conversation slightly then, it would be great to pick your brains as someone who's been successful in B2B tech marketing. You've worked for some amazing companies at a senior level, but would you hire for experience or would you hire for attitude? I think you need both. Early on, 100%, I would hire for attitude. Later in the game, I think you really need experience, but I wouldn't go for experience without the right attitude. Mm. And what do you think then are the core aspects that a B2B tech marketer needs to master then in order to succeed in their career? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> we already know that from a career perspective, you need to take control. You mm. need to have the right mindset. I would say from a marketing perspective, two things. You probably want to have an owner's mindset. You need to think a little bit outside of your role, especially in marketing. You need to understand how all the different disciplines work together. You need to understand how marketing impacts the business as a whole. The more you can see the bigger picture and not just the day to day, the more you'll be able to make better decisions and have bigger impact on the company. So I would say step number one, don't just focus on your own role. Think a little bit broader. And the second skill is probably copywriting. Because if you can do really good copywriting, if you understand people, if you know your audience, if you understand psychology, 
you'll be able to make amazing things happen without a big budget, without all the crazy tech that we all think that we actually need to be successful. You're going to understand the basics and be able to impact almost any discipline within marketing. So anyone who's getting started, definitely spend time learning copywriting. Mia, this has been a fantastic chat. I've really enjoyed it. I know you mentioned it earlier, but what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they're looking for a coach or if they've got any specific questions about some of the stuff we've talked about? Yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn, Maya Grossman, or you can go to mayagrossman.com and learn about all the different things that I do. Fantastic. I really appreciate your time, Maya. Likewise. So that's it for another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review as that helps the channel going forward. Until next time.